this is David Wilson and welcome to episode 54 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. On Another Track is talking to people we can't meet with face to face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. Yeah, I just use Zoom, man. It's a bit like the Apple of phones, you know, it's convenient. <laughs> Let me just switch my microphone as well. Oh, you sound a lot better as well. It's getting quite sexy now, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's the actual podcasting mic. And I can I know the connection's getting a bit shady as well, so I apologise. It, 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 these hills kill our connection. But um, yes, it is. Uh, it is pretty good. That's the voice of Mark Asquith, my guest this week. He's the British podcast guy and CEO of Rebel Base Media. I first reached out to Mark because I wanted to find the movers and shakers in the podcast world. Mark started his first podcast way back in 2013 about DC Comics and Star Wars. However, within a year, his hobby had turned into a business, helping people with podcast websites and productivity. Fast forward to 2021, and Mark is an influencer within the podcast circles. He even went as far to make his mum cry when he gave his first TED Talk in 2018. But what's great about Mark is he hasn't lost that straightforward Yorkshire way about him. Help people where you can and get the job done. As ever with my fellow broadcasters, we don't hang about, we get straight off to the races. Mark, welcome. Well, thank you very much, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, thanks for having me. That's right. And you've got that fantastic North British accent, which I absolutely adore. Whereabouts are you up in the north of England? Uh, so I'm from Barnsley, and then by way of a lot of different places... Now I ended up sort of back about 30 minutes outside of Barnes in a place called Homefirth, which is right in the hills between Sheffield, Leeds and Manchester. Homefirth is famous, isn't it, for some reason? Is that correct? <laughs> it's famous for being the location of the last of the summer wine. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. As soon as you said that, I thought I've been there. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. And right in the Dales there, absolutely gorgeous. So if somebody was to meet you, Mark, I mean, I, I've got to know you a little bit just through kind of LinkedIn and just a brief conversation. If somebody was to meet you in the street, what's Mark all about? Well, I build podcast software. That's what I do. I build podcast software. People call me the British podcast guy, that British podcast guy, because I was like, the, the the only British guy in podcasting at all the conferences back in the day. So people sort of gave me that moniker um, and then I adopted it a few years later. But I work in podcasting every single day. Uh, my day-to-day my -day is building podcast hosting technology in Captivate. I also build another couple of things in podcasting and produce content that helps podcasters as well as being a podcaster myself on a, you know, from a hobbyist perspective and from a, a content creation for a bit of fun perspective so yeah I'm, I'm i'm all in on podcasting david well that, that's great to hear and I, i'm going to take that apart a little bit but i'm glad to hear you you kind of you're, you're not just a kind of a talker about it but you're actually a doer as well and that's very much what people say on the website is that you know mark or certainly in linkedin mark is definitely a doer you know he's got the ideas and the concepts and gets things done um but i want to just break down what you do now am i right in thinking you're the co-founder and the managed director of captivate audio limited is that correct yes that's correct yeah captivate.fm is the website hosting analytics distribution and 
monetization platform. Again, break down a little bit of what you do in terms of the mechanics of the whole process, because, you know, doing a podcast actually is relatively easy, isn't it? It's just the back end stuff, trying to monetize it, trying to get your audience, trying to get your, your interviewees, I imagine. So is that really where you were coming from? You know, you started a podcast, but you were finding the mechanics of it a little bit clunky. Would that be fair to say? So we started our first business, which was called Podcast Websites, and we still run that business today um, as, a, as, as, a, as a way of connecting your podcast to your website and, and actually having a managed website service for your show. For that very reason, the mechanics, the back end was very, very clunky. And then what happened was that we built such a good brand and reputation in the space that people started saying, because we did hosting as part of that, can we just do the hosting with you guys? And we said, well, actually, no, we only we do the full package of the all-in-one web service. So we then spun it out into being, you know, just a hosting platform that, that, that people can use in Captivate. And yeah, it's the mechanics, it's the technicalities of it. It's the distribution to Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Facebook, Deezer, you know, a, a litany of places. Plus a lot of the tools that you don't see elsewhere, things like single promo links, uh, first party attribution links, measuring your analytics, um, doing a lot of the monetization uh, on site. So yeah, it, it really is the it was sort of the Swiss army knife of, of podcast creation and distribution it's it's we always term it as the place where the serious podcasters come to host because we 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 never make the demarcation between oh you're a new podcaster go there you're an existing podcaster go there that's not for us we we it doesn't matter who you are if you are serious as a podcaster then captivate as a place for you and i always use the example of like a hobby that you might have whether it's you know i play bass i play guitar or whether you know something like golf i play golf as well I like to think that with my guitar and a little bit of my sort of golf, I take it more seriously than just throwing it around, you know? So I'm willing to invest a little bit, willing to put the time into getting better. If the same can be said of you about podcasting, that's that's the person that we work with. Oh, superb. You summed it up so well. So, okay, how do you get started in podcasting? For somebody who's listening today, dying to sort of get on the end of that mic or even just start using their mobile phone and, and just you know, upload into Anchor or something like that. How easy and how difficult is it to start getting started in podcasting? Well, I think the getting started is easy because you could record into Anchor and, you know, that's it. Is it going to go anywhere? Questionable. You know, so I think the first thing you've got to do, the, the only thing that you've got to do is to figure out your intent. You know, that's that should be number one. What's your intent? If your intent is to actually grow and build and actually generate an audience, then you've got to put more thought into it. Um you know, we, we actually, we've got a really interesting crib sheet to help people with this. It's at captivate.fm um, slash start, I think. Um, and it just, it just helps people through this process of deciding, actually, what am I trying to achieve with this thing? What, who, who am I serving? Like, am I trying to educate? Am I entertaining? Am I sort of doing a bit of both? Do I just want to be funny? Am I a comedy podcast? What's my ideal audience? Why should they care? How do I get to them? what's my episode structure going to be and so on and so forth. So the technicalities of launching a podcast, now you've got places like Captivate and you've got, you know, all the other hosting platforms out there. It's much easier than it used to be when I started. Um, and microphones are cheaper. You know, you've, I think you've got the Rode pod mic there, David, which is an outstanding microphone at like 150 bucks. And I'm, I'm recording through a Rode Procaster, which was back in the day, a, a bit more expensive than that, but yours is arguably better. And that just shows how how low the barrier to technical entry has become. Um, so wonderful piece of kit you've got and sounds fantastic. So like the technical elements of it aren't what they used to be. They're still there, 
but you've got people like me educating and helping and giving free content away to help with that. Whereas you probably didn't have, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, so it has to be about the softer side of it. Where do you start? Well, you know, why are you doing it? Who are you targeting? What content do you want to put out? Why do you want to put it out? What goals have you got for it? You might not have any goals, but that's all right. You know, but at least say that up front so that you're not, you know, I don't have goals. So thus I can't expect my podcast to be measurable, you know, that, so, you, you know, it, it's really about that intent. And I think that's where people get it wrong early on. They don't, they simply don't set out any intent. Uh, that's a really interesting point. And thanks for breaking that down. And yes, the equipment is brilliant, by the way. I absolutely, I love it. And, uh, you know, the road podcaster, you know, mixer as well is to die for it. It works a treat, you know, but it's really not about the technical aspects. You're right. You know, you, you've got to break it down to those very basics of getting started. You know, what's your end goal? But some people want to do it to leave a legacy, don't they? Some people want to enjoy and to maybe sort of show their hobby off to the rest of the world. There's nothing wrong with that, is there? Oh, no. I mean, you know, a lot of people... <laughs> especially like the online content marketers and all the kind of entrepreneurs, you know, they'll, they'll sort of say, well, look, podcasting's a new channel where you can 10 X your influence. And I just think it is, but you're probably going to be crap if you do that, because you've got, you've sort of set out with the wrong goal in mind. So you're always going to be looking for what's the next big thing I can do to 10 X my influence. And then you get bored with podcasting or you'll sort of go into autopilot and it, it becomes rubbish. So it's all right to just have a bit of fun with it. Like I've got a, a Star Wars podcast that I absolutely love, really love it. Are the numbers big? No, but that's all right. You know, it's I, I love doing it. it. Opens up some some great opportunities. We get you know conference tickets. We get Comic Con tickets. We get to talk to you know we're talking to one of the big Star Wars authors this week on the show. Like as a Star Wars fan, to be able to talk to someone that writes Star Wars. I do that for free all day long, you know? So it, it can, it does so much more than, 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 than you expect, even if you just set out to have a bit of fun with it and to just, you know, even if you don't have goals, that's sort of the goal is to just be like, oh, it's just a bit of fun. And I think one of the biggest issues, David, is that people get a bit of traction. So they'll get 30, 40 downloads an episode and think, oh, actually, maybe people are listening. So what they'll then do is they'll say, well, I want this to be fun, but I expect it to be monetizable and to be a revenue stream and to grow. And I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to play on the PGA Tour unless I practice my golf eight hours a day for 10 years minimum. And I'm not going to be a session bassist until I do the same with my bass. Absolutely. You aren't going to get business results from your podcast unless you treat it like something that's more than just a laugh. So you get from podcasting what you put into it and whatever you put into it is all right, but you've just got to be honest with yourself about exactly what that is. You summed it up so well. And uh, I think, you know, it's like the Beatles, you know, how did they become the band they were? Well, there was 10,000 hours of practice in there. Oh, yeah. You know, and falling down and, you know, the hard knocks of life. But uh, thank you for summing that up because I think, you know, I don't want to frighten people off for doing podcasting and it got me motivated. I want to leave a legacy out there. I wanted to sort of help business people. I wanted to sort of tell a story. And for me, I'm very passionate about it. But, you know, the other thing is that what's great about what you do is you can then take them to that next level. So explain if somebody came to you, they've already got a podcast up and running, maybe they've got 10 episodes under their belt and they're just struggling to figure out how to, what direction to go. They've got an end, end goal, but they kind of don't know the kind of roadmap or how to get there. Is that somebody ideally that you can help? Yeah. I mean, it, it's really about the two things, you know, the toolkit that you've got and the education that you need that you might not think that you need. And that's where we come in as Captivate. You know, we, we really major on two things, giving you the tools that you need, 
you might not even think that you need. That's what Captivate really, really focuses on. Like we, we created a number of things that no one else had thought of in podcasting, single promo link, first party attribution links, one click sponsor kit, even things that we do with our dynamic ad insertion, which people had done before we've done in ways that people didn't expect, allowing you to paint over your adverts that you're, that you'd already recorded and just replace them dynamically. Like so much stuff is about the toolkit, but the problem is like, you know, if you go and build a house, it sounds brilliant, doesn't it? Because guess what? The barrier to entry to building a house has never been lower. So I can YouTube it and I can Google it and guess what? Buying all the tools, it's never been cheaper to buy all the tools to go ahead and build a house. But I don't know what I need to make that the very best house until I've started building it, until someone says to me, have you seen that thing that you can get to make this a little bit easier? And you don't know that until someone tells you. And that's what Captivate's job is with the tools is to say, do you know what? Actually, we do podcast. And even if we didn't work in podcasting, we would podcast about Star Wars, about all the other stuff that we podcast about. So when we're building the tools, it's usually because we think, oh, that'd be handy if we had that as podcasters. Now, a lot of other hosts say that we podcast as well. Yeah, they do. But they only podcast about podcasting because it's content marketing for their business. I would podcast about DC Comics, about Star Wars, about bass guitar, about Leo Fender, about music theory, about whatever, all day long, even if I didn't work in podcasting. And in fact, that's how I ended up here was through all those hobby podcasts. Now, the other side of the coin is, is, is education. And we've, you know, we put out our podcast growth labs. Um, it's free. Everyone can use it that uses Captivate. It's, it's workshops, seminars, it's courses, it's crib sheets, it's downloads, resources that teach you the things that no one told you that you needed to succeed. So for example, my day trade is basically product visionary, if you like, for Captivate but more specifically brand marketing and content creation. That's my, that's my job. I've done a bit of development in the past. I've built things in the past. So over the last 20 odd years, I've accumulated all this knowledge on how to build things that people buy. So a lot of that applies to podcasting, where in our growth lab, you'll get a course on actually how to design a listener acquisition flow. And people say, what the heck's a listener acquisition flow? I say, well, here's what that is. And it's based on customer acquisition. And it works. It's just, you've never thought about it as a podcast because why would you? You never need to. So that's the other side of it is the education. You know, how do you get your first sponsors? How do you work with sponsors? How do you retain sponsors? How do you do this? How do you do that? With the toolkit and the education, you know, that's our focus. Stick that all together. You've got Captivate. And that's what we do to help. I don't want to work with every podcaster. Like if you want to podcast for free on Anchor, that's cool. Like you might not be right for Captivate. You know, what our goal is to help that serious person that thinks, right, do you know what? I am going to put a bit of time into this. I am going to spend a bit of time learning. I am going to spend a bit of time getting better and building my audience and measuring that growth. So that's why we have that angle, you know, because otherwise, you know, the toolkit and the education doesn't help if you can't put the time in. So yeah, it's, it's uh, we love doing it. As you can tell, I'll talk about this all day. I can hear it in your voice, the enthusiasm. I mean, I know a fellow broadcaster when I hear it and I don't even see your video at the moment, so I, but I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. Uh, so let's take people back, uh, the audience back to where you began, because here's what was interesting. When I was doing my research for you, and it was great. You're, you've got a little bit of that Northern comic about you, you know, when you talk about things. Because <laughs> you, you, you said, well, I started in pensions and I turned up with a silver tie one day and I missed 2001. So tell us where Mark got started in the business and how you kind of evolved into podcasting. 
Yeah. So I, I sort of quit my job in about 2005, I think. Um, I was just sick of working for people that were, were, were just rubbish. You know, they were, they were just doing managerial jobs and just not doing a very good job. Um, and I was like, what is the point in this? What a waste. So I just, I left my job, um, sort of, I, I did a little bit of training back in the day, like training people on software. So I blagged my way into a contract and, you know, just, I started within you know days of quitting my job, started earning just an extortionate amount of money as a day rate contractor, enjoyed it, you know, for about 20 minutes and then realized it was just the same foolish managers, but they were giving me more money. And I was like, well, that's taught me a lesson. I can do without the money, but if the idiots are involved, I'm out. So I quit that as well. Started a, a, a design and digital agency, built that, you know, up to, to a, a really good business. Did a lot of startup mentoring, been around the startup scene. We, you know, we generated a lot of great clients, you know, big household brands that you'd know as well as, you know, grassroots plumbers and whatever. And then got into podcasting in about 2013, maybe a bit earlier, maybe 2012. It might can't remember. I should look that up. Um, and I got into it because I love comics. All right. Okay. Yeah. DC Comics did a big relaunch in 2011. Got back into that, started reading that again. Uh, started le- listening to podcasts. In fact, started listening to podcasts about it. So I listened to Kevin Smith and a few others. And then also created, because I was looking for a new challenge, created a, a blog on the side talking about pop culture and so on. Uh, and the, the guy that I co-founded that with, who ironically is now our head of design at Captivate, he said, we should do a podcast. And I said, that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm not in my basement. I don't live with my mum. I like to wear trousers. Why would I podcast? It seems like that, you know, that's surely that's, I don't, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And he just, he was just like, now nah, you're an idiot. So we started a podcast and just fell in love with it, fell in love with it. And then started a business podcast, but just because everyone kept asking me questions and I thought it'd be easy to record them and send them a link. So I did that. Did some interviews, 150 interviews, which was cool to build out my network. And then about 15 minutes after getting into podcasting, I created a business in podcasting because that's what I'm like, which was podcast websites, which then evolved into Captivate. And here we are today. Um, but, I, you know, that was that was a long time ago. I'm sort of that fool in the, you know, I'd been in podcasting for literally like half an hour and I'd already applied to speak at podcast movement. And, you know, so I'd... I, I'm very fortunate because I got in very early, you know, I've known those guys for a hell of a long time. Jared and Dan, great, great friends, you know, all the conferences across the world. I got, got a chance to speak at because like I was the only English guy doing it. Me and Cole, there was Cole Gray. Uh, he was uh, from Scotland and uh, I don't think there was anyone else from England. Like we were the only ones there, which was hilarious. Yeah, that's a, it's so unusual, isn't it? And actually, you know what? It's still a fledgling business in many ways, isn't it? When you compare it to sort of YouTube, where there's 37 million channels, you know, podcasting, okay, probably in the last couple of years, it's doubled. It's gone from 1 million to 2 million podcasts, but there's still an opportunity, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's almost weird to say, let's not write another book. There's too many of them. Better not write that song. You know, it's, it's how many songs were around when the Beatles started. Exactly. You know, how many songs were around when, you know, there's, there's thousands of examples of, of, of it. And, and podcasting is the same. I mean, you know, podcasting, we, we've got relatively re- relatively few rules. You can attract your own audience. You can monetize it, you know, through something like Captivate without a huge audience and make like a, a really good living without a huge audience. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I always, 
people, I think the people that always say that are the people that don't really want to do it anyway. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely on the money. You know, I'm not going to do that. I just think it's a bit nuts when people say that. Because you, know, you could use it for any example, couldn't you? You know, better not make a new guitar. But, you know, better not. There's loads of examples, man. You're halfway through listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week is Mark Aswith of Captivate FM. Next, I wanted to ask Mark a little bit about his background and where he came from and how he got started in business. Well, I think my background is is usual mining town background. You know, grow up, you better get a job, um, all that kind of stuff. So, I, you know, I've not done college, not done uni. Um, you know, I literally moved, I think I moved down south, moved to like the Gatwick area when I was about 18, 19, just to kind of escape that mining town kind of vibe. Blagged my way into a job, pretty good at talking. So I got into a job there, which was hilarious. Good job, good rate. That was boring. So got out of that after a couple of years. But I've always been that guy that's been like, you know, delivering pizzas on the side. And I've always been a worker with that sort of stuff. But I think upping and leaving and doing that when I was 18, it sort of... Um, it, it, it adapted my attitude to risk. I was like, what's the worst case? You know, it might be 300 miles away, but does it matter whether I get in the car and drive five miles or 300? Getting home is still only getting in the car and driving. You know, so it was never, I never saw any risk. And I applied that to the business scene and I applied that to starting my own business. And a lot of people call me like, uh, that have done in the past, call me an entrepreneur. You know, I've gone through acquisitions, I've sold companies, I've, you know, I'm fortunate enough that that that, that we've done our time. And I don't really class myself as that entrepreneur. You know, a lot of people in my younger days, you say, well, you're very entrepreneurial. I was like, no, I'm not. I just, I just, I don't know. I just, I just see things that you might not see. And my brain's always worked in a very visual strategic way. I'm, I'm usually a lot, a lot of people don't, even the team today don't understand sometimes because I have to communicate it very heavily because it's, it's one of my weaknesses is that, you know, if it's in my head, I struggle to get it out. Um, well, if there's a big vision in my head, I struggle to under, I struggle to articulate why we're doing one piece of the puzzle without telling people what the rest of the puzzle is. So I've always seen bigger picture. I've always seen vision. I've always seen if we do this today in three years, this will happen. It just always has. I've always just done the things that I've needed to do. I just like doing it. Yeah, I, I, I understand that because I often find that being a bit of a creative. I have the technical side but I have the vision and trying to convey that in very limited words is very difficult for me, but give me a sketch pad. Yes. <laughs> I'll draw you a picture of it. <laughs> no problems. Was there anybody in the family though, that was a big influence on you? You know, did you have a, an uncle or like say mum and dad or somebody who really kind of spurred you on, you got that kind of zest of life from them. Was there anybody that you could sort of quote from going back many, many years ago? I think it's a bit of a mix. Um, I think it is a mix. You know, you get certain things from different people. My dad always had his own business. So I always, I always enjoyed the kind of freedom that he had or that I, you know, that he was perceived to have as a child always the support of the creativity and the, 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 the unwavering support from a mum and, and so on. And just the, the range of family, but you know, it's difficult to pinpoint one f- family influence because I always wanted to not do the things that they did. It was not, a, not a rebellious streak. It's just, I, I just wanted to go my own way. So I think the biggest influence was probably a chap that we, we, I actually went into business with. Um, when was that? 2009 a chap called Don, who was just, you know, he was like 60 at the time, I think. And I was 2009, I was what, 26, 27. And he just, he just taught me so much. He gave me the space to create. He saw me as that person that was, you know, I could go out and do and move the business forward. He was that real steady hand. And there was a few of us in the business 
and he was just he was just such an inspiration and such a such a mentor you know he was really really instrumental in everything when we went through the most recent acquisition of captivate you know we, we very recently got acquired like less than a month ago by global huge huge acquisition in the podcasting space and for us personally and, and for global and a lot of it was down to the some of the lessons that he taught me you know the patience and the way that you 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 conduct yourself in certain circumstances and, and and it was he was probably the biggest influence um if i'm totally honest with you and that's lovely to hear and actually what i get from that is you know patience is a virtue isn't it you know this is the long game isn't it for sure well it's not just the long game i think it's patience on a on a micro and a macro level you know i'm talking patience with responses i'm talking patience with uh, understanding emotional responses to problematic situations and you know, patience is such a, it's a word that applies to all levels of, of life, whether it's, you know, the macro, big picture, this is a long game or the short term. Actually, just give me, just give this a second. You know, it, 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 it's a funny thing because to do what I do in the way that I do it, I need a very strong lack of patience. I need to be able to be impatient and I need to be able to force the issue sometimes and to be able to say to people, especially like, you know, our engineering team, all right, look, yeah, of course we could take six weeks to do that, but that extra 20% that will take the four weeks is not worth it. We're doing it in two weeks. So I need I, to do what we've done. I need impatience, but you have got to learn the practical application of actual patience and when to employ it. And that is a lesson that you learn as you get older is that you know which tools to pull out of the bag when and I think that is vital. All the only thing you do as you get older is you just expand your toolkit and it's knowing which of those tools to pull out. I love that. You sum it up so so well. Well let's roll everything back to business because I'd love to be able to make sure that people can get in contact with you. So if people like what they hear, they're they're doing their podcasting and they really want to move it to the next level and really look at that monetization, that organization, the audience, um, you know, be able to sort of build up their audience, what's the best way of getting older you mark? Uh, the best way, I do a lot of free stuff. Like any podcaster will benefit from my podcast accelerator. It's free content. Really, really good. If I do say so myself, it helps a lot of people. So the easiest way to get that is literally just go to my Twitter profile, at Mr. Asquith, and right there on the profile, just press the start reading button and you'll get that. And I send that out every Monday. It's it's a direct way to interact with me well as well. I'll, I'll answer any question. I'll always respond. So at Mr. Asquith on Twitter is the only way that I recommend getting in touch with me. I like the name, by the way, because nobody's really going to forget your name. It was a prime minister, wasn't it? And uh, any relation? I'm going to tell you this, David. <clears throat> You'll not believe it, but this is actual science fact, right? So my, my one of my uncles is very deep into family history and ancestry, and he's traced my paternal side, which is the Asquith side, back to, of course, Prime Minister Asquith. Really? In the, back, I think, the 20th century in the UK. Now, my mother's side, my maternal side, has also been traced back to a family from the Norfolk region that left to go to America a few centuries ago, did very well politically, and it has been confirmed that the family name is related to a former president, and that family name is Lincoln. No. Yes, indeed. Are you serious? <laughs> 100%. Yes, indeed. We found that out a few years ago. It's crazy, isn't it? Oh, my goodness gracious. That's incredible. I've never had anybody on my podcast that's got those links both to the old country and the new country politically. It's insane. I know. When We, we, we couldn't believe it. We, we tracked it through and then everyone used to call it. So my, my, my grandfather, who sadly passed before I was born, he was called Raymond Lincoln. And everyone used to call him Abe after, obviously, Abraham, um, because he, he's got a lot of very distinctive features that the president had. 
you know, the nose and, and, and certain other elements of his stature that, that people recognized in him and never thought anything of it. And my uncle, his son, took it that step further and spent years digging into it, traced all the ancestry back, the migrants from um, what I think he said, I might have got this wrong because it is like third hand from him, but like the Norwich, the Norfolk sort of region. And uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very interesting. I must admit. Well, we, we'll need to allocate another podcast for this one. You can't just leave us hanging like that. You know that, don't you? <laughs> well, you do know that with those political uh, DNA strands, of course, I'll not be able to answer any question straight. So it's probably not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, listen, I know you're a busy man and uh, we've got limited time here. Just a couple of questions before we go. Yeah. Um, if you had that crystal ball and you were looking, doing your visionary bit, okay, seeing what the bigger picture is for the future, what do you see happening in podcasting in the next five to 10 years? I see a lot of technological consolidation continuing to happen. I see a lot of hosting companies being snapped up by bigger media companies uh, looking to create platforms that they can use to engage with their own audience. I see the podcast indie creators on the lower and what I call the lower and the middle tiers, you and guys like you and me, basically, who aren't spending a hundred grand every single month marketing a podcast. I see those guys like you and me getting more power to, to command higher rates uh, of, of, of fixed price sponsorship. I see listener support and donations and creator support, just similar to how you see on YouTube, uh, certainly becoming a big deal. I also see, to a degree, the tracking and the analytics getting a bit of an overhaul, which I think will link to privacy, but also control of data from creators. I believe creators will be much more in control of their own data sets, but that that will be complemented by more choices of privacy for users. Exciting times ahead. I'm looking forward to it. My final question. Okay, if you were 18 again, what would you tell yourself? Oh, just carry on. Honestly, just carry on. You know, don't, I think just be confident. You know, don't, don't worry about what everyone else is up to. Just carry on. And, uh, you know, just understand that, you, that the people that, are your type of people will naturally gravitate to you. And they're the only people that you need to worry about. Oh, here, 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 here. Absolutely. Mark Asquith, Mr. Podcast, or the British Podcast Guy, I should get that right. I want to thank you for your time today. It's been a real pleasure to just grab that 30 minutes out of your day. And it's been, it's been absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much. No, thank you, David. It's a sincere pleasure. Yes, thank you very much. Take it steady. You too, Mark. You've been listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week was Mark Asquith, CEO and co-founder of Captivate FM, elevating your podcast to new levels. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in this series. Just look out for On Another Track with me, David Wilson, on your local podcast platform and subscribe. This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated keeping us safe on the roads of North America.